Hello and welcome to another episode of the Solo Inda podcast. Um, we've been coming off a very stressful win against Parma off late, and we've got Atalanta to look forward to in a couple of days. But quickly to dive into a review of the Parma match, we are joined here with Manish as usual and a special guest. Of course, you know him famously as as Uncle Sharma on his YouTube channel and you know various social media platforms. So how are you doing, Rahul? Yeah, I'm good, man. Feeling good, you know. First in the league, six points clear. Feels good to be Inter fan. You know, it's been a, it's been a while since we've been, you know, having to get into enjoy being an Inter fan like this. Yeah. So first things first, just quickly to dive straight into the match because you know it's it it was not an easy match. Like many people, like if we we did a preview before the match as usual, and I personally thought it was always going to be a tough game. You know, I predicted a one nil win, but. Of course, it was more stressful. Manish, on the other hand, said a three-one win, and Gautam said seven-nil. I don't know how, but <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. But yeah, coming straight into it, I saw your preview as well for it. Yeah, I know you were a bit cautious about it. You went for a two-nil one, but how did you think? What are your general thoughts on this match? Because like, I felt that we had way more trouble than we should have to an extent. Like they had so many absentees. You know the. Usual uh, troublemaker Jerby Jervinio wasn't there, and uh, yeah, and then you know Karamo turns into like prime Mbappe out of nowhere, and yeah. So what do you what what's your general take on this match? Um, yeah, no, I, I don't know. It just seems you know you just have one of those. Sometimes you have those teams that just seem to have your number. Uh, it just seems to be like that with Palmer. I don't know if it has to do with Conte being like very close friends with Davers. I've heard they're very close <laughs> friends off the pitch. I don't know if it's like that type of rivalry with Daversa just you know knows knows what Conte is going to do inside out or something like that but yeah it, it was just it was just so sluggish yesterday it was so you know it was such a bad football match to watch especially that first half like both sides just you know simple technical mistakes you know it was yeah it was very disappointing to see after you know they've got us used to like um you know ruthless professional performances recently over the last couple of months you just you know think like okay yeah this is this is the new inter and this is like you know it was a little bit like the spalletti inter you know just kind of muddling through yeah so like uh, you pointed out you know like this was one of the like weirdest those performance like you know all these games before that have been a bit more ruthless than we expected to be like against lazio milan but this mm. parma match you know having the history between in this fixture since they returned to the serie you know we've lost at home or like basically never won at home since they returned to the Serie A and it's always been a tight game away from that so like before going into the match did you ever think that you know it was actually going to be way tougher than um it was like you know it was going to be even after they had all the absentees because you know you expect because at times like you expect these games you know you don't want to concede because then you have oppositions like Atalanta coming up you know how free scoring a team they are you know, just two yeah. goals shy of us so what did you think? Like, were you like as nervous, or you thought this was going to be like a four nil, five nil, or yeah? Yeah, well, just yeah, I was because it was it's a midweek game. Um, mm. If we had you know the seven days to prepare for it, then I would have like you know no <laughs> doubts that we would be you know raring to go. But I think yeah, it seems to make a difference with the with our team. You know, having less rest, that you can just see some of the players were look, looking a little bit mm. sloppy, a little bit sluggish, like Ericsson and a few other, Barella. Barella definitely needs a rest now, man. Poor guy. <laughs> you know, Bichara, the guy is like out there every single week. Just Conte you know, never gives him some rest. So, no, it, it was worrying. But as you said, like, you know, Parma, they, they changed their lineup. But I think the commentator said they haven't kept the same lineup for the whole season. Every single 
match day they've made some sort of change like they oh. they've been so bad this year but that's yeah that's those are the type of games where we've seen inter in the past fall and i think this is the difference between this inter team and previous inter teams yeah i agree with you on that and manish coming to you quickly to rahul's point you know everyone yesterday to an extent looks sluggish and i agree with that because he, rahul pointed out there was barella who was sluggish you know, he looked jaded bastoni especially he was tired man like you could see it you you know heavy foot and also do you think it was just and like do you think it was one of those off days for us or it was just mainly down to fatigue or you know it's again down to the fact as rahul said we are just too good when we have seven days to prepare like that's how uh, what do you say concise it is like we need to have seven days to prepare what do you think it was yesterday what's your general take on the match Yes, uh, first of all, I'd like to welcome uh, Uncle Sharma to the show. Uh, welcome, Rahul. So, yeah, the match, like like you mentioned, uh, I think the whole team seemed lackadaisical, you know, like everyone seemed lost. And uh, the problem is we are ahead. We, are like four, we were like four points ahead, I think, at uh, the beginning of the match. And that gets the players in their head. Uh, everyone thinks, yes, this Scudetto might be won uh, and stuff, you know, because the players are still young. They haven't won anything yet. So maybe that you could see the rustiness in the play in the midfield. I think everyone seemed lethargic. Everybody from Brozovic to Eriksson, they were just playing very casual and they're losing simple passes and they're not playing. The team was not focused at all in the first half. And uh, that, I think, freaked us out. I think all everyone seeing like, what, what Inter is this? And also, I think Inter plays good uh, when the other team attacks. So I don't know, maybe Conti's strategy to pass the ball back to them and we'll defend. Uh, it seemed that because uh, Parma had more possession at one point, more possession mm-hmm. than us. And considering their team uh, second from bottom, it's least expected. And we are like four points ahead on top of the table. So I don't know, it seems a bit confused state. Like the players didn't know what exactly to do. And they kept passing the ball back to Parma, I believe. <laughs> or maybe just misplaced passes. Uh, so yes, uh, but definitely second half, I think they got a good beating uh, by Conti in the, the locker room. Uh, Conti does what he does best. Uh, he gets an Aryan skin and you could see that refresh change in the second half. Uh, I think Sreenyar had one of uh, very bad matches. Uh, he's, he seemed completely off pace and, uh, and a couple of players too. But just to point out, I think Sreenyar, because I think we kept praising him a lot over the last few weeks and this match was one of his terrible performances, what I personally felt. So yeah, Paramesh, anyways, good three points. And if you have to be a champion at the end of the day, you cannot play well every time. You cannot play the Barca-style football every now and then. There are matches where we struggle to get three points. And end of the day, that's what champions are. Yeah, If they were able to churn out results in the last minute. So I'm happy with the three points. Not a very great performance. But yes, uh, nonetheless, no complaints. Yeah, I mean, I think I agree with you on that, that you can't always have like the top performance you expect from the team. And some matches, as Conte said yesterday, and even Alexis said, if I'm not wrong, that you need to grind certain wins out. You can't always play, you know, champagne football as people expect you to. But I think quickly to cap this match off, I'll come down to individual performances. And I think we should, we can each uh, go on to explain what we thought about certain players by giving them a certain rating out of them. So, of course, uh, we'll begin with Handanovic. I mean, I'll start with Handanovic because he had that early save to make from a Kurtich header, if I'm not wrong. And I think apart from that, he didn't have that much to do to an extent at least. He, he was he had to, of course, command his area during corners and all. But I think overall, Handanovic, and he couldn't have saved that goal. Hernani's goal was a perfect volley, I felt. You know, it was just a sweetly timed shot and you can't do much about it. So, if I had to give Handanovic a rating, it would be 7. But coming to you, Rahul, quickly, 
um, what would you give uh, Skriniar? Because as Manish pointed out, he did seem a bit off pace yesterday. Like he was making certain tackles and I thought he would find himself in the book. But yeah, what what do you think his performance was like and how much would you rate him on 10? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with Manish. He was looked uh, like most of other players, he, especially towards the end of the second half. Uh, he was given the ball a couple of times, he gave away some dangerous balls away. Um, so probably I would give Skriniar six out of ten, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't disagree with that. And coming to you, Manish, what do you, what would you rate uh, Devray? Because Devray actually, in my opinion, had a fantastic match. If I had to pick like top three players, he would be in that. Because if I was checking a few stats, um, he 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 had one shot block, he had five interceptions, and uh, he he didn't get dribble passed at all, and he even swept the ball up like five times. So, considering all of that, how much would you rate Devray? Yeah, Devray. Devray seemed uh, the more uh stronger option from the back three. Uh, also, Bastoni, I think, had a good game. But uh, my rating for Devrai would be 6.5 to 7. I think 6.5, is, it's good enough. Correct. Yeah. Coming to Bastoni, I felt that as, I think, somewhat along uh, Skriniar's lines, you know, it, it felt very similar both. I think Bastoni was just too exhausted because I remember Rahul saying in one of his videos that, you know, Bastoni, you can't really afford to arrest him because we all know who his backup is. It's a very uh, scary thought. Uh, so, <laughs> We can't really bench him and it's, it's yeah, I can't blame him too much. You know, he, he was a bit jaded, but yeah, I would give him a 6.5 as well. And then coming to you, Rahul, um, the one of the best players in my opinion yesterday, Hakimi, what would you rate him? Because, you know, that moment also in the end, that was amazing to watch Conte <laughs> literally almost ripping his head off and, you know, saying Tiamo. But yeah, I mean, I think Hakimi was, you know, Hakimi was also sort of a bright spark. How, what's your, what are your thoughts on his performance and his rating? Yeah, I felt like it was a bit up and down from Hakimi. Yeah. You know, in the first half, he was like the the only the only bright spot in the team. He was the only one who got you know past players and created a couple of chances. I think I remember. And then in the second half, he had a bit of a dip attacking wise, but then he was pretty solid defensively. So overall, I'd give him a um, a six and a half as well. I think. Yeah, um, coming to you, Manish. We look at Barella because Barella also, to Rahul's point, was a bit jaded and. Overall, I felt that midfield is where we struggled in general and that's where Parma capitalised, uh, you know, playing a 4-3-1-2. So, what do you think about Barella? Yeah. Uh, I'm one of Barella's admirers, so I don't want to give him a negative rating. But I think last match, uh, he seemed uh, badly in need of rest. I would give him a 5.5 rating for, for his performance in the Parma's match. Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with that. And I can't blame Barel. I mean, he puts in like almost a man-of-the-match performance every week, you know, every week. So, you can't really say much about that. But coming to Brozovic, I felt he was pretty decent. Like, he had that one through ball he played to Lukaku on his weaker foot and, you know, Lukaku could have probably scored it. Apart from that, I think Brozovic was okay. Like, nothing special. But, you know, we know all, all know how important Brozovic is to the system. So, I think I would give Brozovic a 6.5 as well. But coming to you, uh, uh, Rahul, Christian Eriksen, um, of course, he's been doing so well off late and it's good to see his revival. It's really, you know, uh, heartwarming to see this. But yesterday, um, you know, I think the midfield battle, as I said, we lost the midfield battle and you could see Eriksen was a bit lost as well. And, you know, there was a moment where he could have scored, but the ball went behind him, you know, one of Hakimi's driven crosses. So, what do you think? What do you make of uh, Eriksen's performance? Yeah, it was similar to the other midfielders, as you said. They just fell off yesterday. We couldn't control the midfield. It, it, it felt a little bit like Eriksen from like last season a little bit. He, he seemed a little bit soft in tackles. He was, seemed like he was dispossessed a few times too easily. But at the end of the day, he was involved. 
like in the the Sanchez goal, he was the one who gave Lukaku that ball. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Similarly to Brozovic, he got involved in the first goal as well. I think he won the ball back. So, you know, they didn't play that well, but in the end, they got involved in the goal. So I give Eriksen a six, six out of ten. What did yeah. you give Brozovic, by the way? Sorry. I gave him a 6.5. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, uh, to your point, I mean, to your point, I, I think you just, no one could, like, none of the midfielders could stand out, but I think they just did enough to, yeah. you know, make it work. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's fair for Eriksen and uh, coming to you, Manish, I think it's next, next is Ivan Perisic because he did seem to struggle a bit going forward. But, I mean, again, off late, we have seen how well he has done. So, what would you rate him based on yesterday? Uh, I don't want to be the harsh one here. I think I'm giving a couple of uh, low ratings. But again, Perisic <laughs> had uh, a very, I wouldn't say great match. Uh, he lost uh, uh, the Parma play on the goal. Uh, I would give a rating of 5.5. Uh, but nonetheless, he is the most reliable option we have in the left flank. I would take him over Ashley Young any day. So it's, again, a harsh up and 5 rating for me, for my side. Uh, the last two ones, the main strikers, I'll leave to you, Rahul, because we do week ratings week in, week out, so we can always give our views. But yeah, tell me your thoughts on Alexis Sanchez and Romelu Lukaku. But because, you know, finally, it's good to see Alexis score because, you know, he's had such a hard time in front of goal. He's missed the simple, simplest of chances. And yesterday, also the first goal, I thought, what the hell, man? Did it go in or not? You know, I thought, how unlucky can this guy be? Can he not score a goal? Like, But luckily, it went in. But yeah, what are your thoughts on Alexis? Like, you know, in the first half, he seemed a bit off to me. Like, you know, he couldn't create that space for Lukaku like Lotharo does. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, eventually he got into it and Romelu Lukaku is Romelu Lukaku. You can't say much. So, yeah, what are your thoughts on it and your ratings for them? Yeah, Sanchez, man. Yeah, I, I really like him. You know, he puts, he always works hard for the team and, you know, he always tries, he always creates something. But he was unlucky in the first half because we, in the first half, we were focused all of our efforts on the right side. It felt like it was the Hakimi, Barella, Skriniar, triangle you know everything was going down the right side and then in the second half it seemed like we moved towards the left a little bit more and Sanchez got more involved and yeah we've been asking him to provide more end products so you know two goals I think he's got yeah three goals in two matches now so he's yeah. uh, he's stepping up you know Conte called him out a few weeks back for his uh, lack of goals as well yeah. so yeah no it's good good to see him you know and Conte said you know he's a, he's a guy that wants to play every match you know he, he demands mm-hmm. a lot from himself so you know, you can't deny, you know, this guy has been at the top of, you know, European football for a long time. So you can't really deny a guy like Sanchez. It's so good to sure. have an option like him. And as Conte said, now finally he's in a good mm. physical condition because he said, like, this is the best, even though we've not seen him play that much, he said in, in training, this is the best Sanchez he's seen. So, yeah, you know, impressed with Sanchez. I'd give him, I gave him a man of the match. So he has to get at least seven, a seven out of ten for me. Um, yeah. And uh, Lukaku, yeah, he he had uh, you know a okay first half as like everyone else, you know, a few missed touches, and he got he got you know that uh, defender on him. What was his name? Valent- uh, Valent- Lo- Valenti, Lotaro Valenti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he did a pretty good job in the first half. Yeah, yeah. surprisingly then, so. Yeah, surprisingly yeah, yeah. so. It was a Parma defender. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, he's, yeah, he looked pretty interesting. And then by the second half, when Parma started to attack, the space started to open up. You can't do anything once Lukaku gets that open space. <laughs> you just have to, you know, do the cross, do you know, pray to God that he doesn't make the right decision. I, I thought, I thought he wait, he wasted too long to give that ball to Sanchez, but it was perfectly yeah. fine. And now yeah. he's also the uh, top assister in the uh, Serie A, I believe. Is it? Yeah. So just to add to that, like for Sanchez, he 
was the second Chilean after Zam- Zamorano to get a brace in Serie A. And for oh. Romelu Lukaku, it's like his eighth assist, as you said, in this season, which is his personal best as well. And of course, his tally overall in terms of goal scoring and, ass- and assist contribution has been phenomenal. So, yeah, I mean, that was the starting level. Just to quickly cap off the subs, Manish, Vidal, um, I personally didn't understand why he subbed in Vidal for Ericsson of all people. I mean, considering, you know, Barella, Brozovic are on four yellow cards, I would rather sub in sub off one of them. And to Raul's point, given how exhausted Barella was, I think Ericsson could have played a game, like, would have played a better game because Vidal just looked absent. Like, there was nothing going on until the last few minutes where he saw himself finding the ball. But, like, the, the cohesion, I, I just couldn't see it. And I understand he's coming off an injury and he needs to get up to speed. But yeah, what would you just, if not a rating, what would you, you know, have, what's your, what are your thoughts on his performance? Yeah, I thought Ericsson uh, started off very badly, the match, uh, but yeah. he slowly picked up. I think second half, he was getting back to his uh, usual uh, play, uh, which was actually good. And uh, for a reason, I thought Brozovic and Varela were, he didn't play that great. So I was thinking Conti would remove them off for Vidal, but surprisingly took off Ericsson. Uh, but I understand the reason he wanted to defend the scoreline. We are like two, two in love and we had we need some runners, some chasers. We need to close down opposition. And Ericsson, although seems like a lazy player, but actually covers a lot of ground. Uh, I think uh, the stats say that. So getting Arthur Vidal for last uh, maybe 15, 20 odd minutes was so just to close down opposition, don't give them spaces. Uh, but yes, uh, he didn't do any impact. And I think as soon as Vidal came, they scored the goal. <laughs> that was uh, really funny, I think, all into fans' point of view, because Eriksson did actually a decent job doing the defensive duty as well. So I wouldn't give Vidal, he didn't do anything fancy. He didn't do something out of the blue. Uh, I would give a rating of six, Vidal, just a standard rating, just to cap it up. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think we can really rate the other substitutes. Yeah. I mean, they didn't have much to do. But Rahul, I just have an interesting. But just thinking of this, like yesterday, he just used all his three slots for one substitute each. I thought he'll make, you know, those normal five substitutions. He didn't make five substitutions at all. Do you think, uh, I mean, just what's your thinking behind it? Maybe was it because, you know, Parma were really taking it to us. So he wanted his best players to stay in there. Like, because we know Galliardini likes to give away a lot of fouls and maybe, you know, and Pella coming on in the 85th minute, you know, he can always, you never know, he'll score out of nowhere. So do you think that was the thinking or what was it? Yeah, I'm guessing. Yeah, he's just trying not to not to risk anything. Um, yeah, I was expecting Gagliardini to come into this because I thought, you know, he always brings him on. And when they ask him in the post-match, he always references, you know, Gagliardini's height or, you know, his heading ability for a reason to bring him on. So, yeah, I was surprised he didn't bring him on. So, and he's just obviously one of his favourite players for some reason. But no, I guess, I'm, yeah, I'm guessing um, it's got to do with just, you know, trying to make sure the win was secured. Yeah, yeah, and just to quickly cap it off, um, Manish, if you had to rate Conte for yesterday's game management, how much would you rate him? Uh, Conte, uh, I'm glad the second half he shook off all the players. I think during the Mourinho era, you could see that whenever Inter had a bad first half, uh, Inter would come back firing the second second half start off well. So I'm guessing the locker room talk did the difference because from the first half, I think we had. Uh, just one screener shot pretty much stopped uh, in the goal line. Other than that, didn't have, have any real threat. Uh, so, I'm, Conti, I'm happy he motivates player well, well, good enough. But I would give him, again, a standard six rating for this match. Uh, end of the day, three points is all in matters. 
yeah. and I was happy he gave Alexis Sanchez. That was one of the main thing. He gave his chance mm-hmm. because yeah. he knows when to unleash the players, and I think the right moment he unleashed uh, Sanchez for this match, and he got us the three points. Yeah, and and he did say it in yesterday's press conference that you know I know he actually said this that he knows when to use certain players like like when they're ready to actually start on a consistent basis is what he meant. And Rahul, just to cap it cap off yesterday's match, I want you to rate the overall team performance because you I, here I want you to consider the players and the coach because you know I've seen your um, reviews previews and there's a lot going on at the club off the pitch on the pitch and you know these are matches like Skriniar said yesterday in his post match conference. Last of seasons, Inter or a season before that, Inter would have definitely dropped points here. You know, playing like that. So considering all that, considering how the ma- uh, the job this man has been doing, and I know you have been on the Conte train always, and like me, like I've never jumped off it. Like people have turned on him so easily. Like you know, Conte out. You know, it was even trending at one point on Twitter. Like it was the most trending uh, uh, hash- this thing hashtag. So considering all that, considering uh, you know you've been jo- you're joining us after a long time. You know, overall. This performance, how much would you rate it? Because it, I, in my opinion, it was a really important win. Like Conte said, like you know, genuine Parma matches, they should not be taken lightly. So, how much would you rate the overall team performance? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the thing that matters the most is the is the result, isn't it? And yeah, as, as Quinia said, I agree with him. I think this is a match where I see previous inters, you know, conceding in the last few minutes, the two-two, the equalizer. Definitely, you know, I can imagine Pelle just you know getting a header, nicking a header or something. <laughs> So I would, what could I rate the the performance and the coach? Yeah, I wasn't too impressed with like you know the the subs and everything, but I would give it I'll give it a, still a seven out of ten just to you know make sure to secure the win. And we still even when we play ugly, we still manage to create chances. That's the, the crazy thing with this Inter. Yeah, it's uh, you know when you go look back the actual chances, clear cut chances we had. You know we had like one or two in the first half, and then we had more. Even after we scored the two goals, there was more chances. So, yeah, this team just always is like a chance creation machine. So, I'll give it a 7 out of 10. Yeah. Anish, I guess you had a question for Rahul. So yes. Uh, so, Rahul, I think you heard the press conference, the after-match conference, which uh, Conti spoke about. Conti seemed to be in good mood. And he was uh, talking about, uh, surprisingly, about the bench strength and how happy he was to have these players ready and motivated, ready to go. Uh Right now, we're winning. Everything seems good. Everything, everyone's happy, all merry. Now, the question is, God forbid, if Inter drop points or they lose, do you think Conti is going to throw somebody under the bus and talk about uh, the financial circus, what's happening at Inter and, uh, and blamed management and stuff? Or you think he's going to be a new, refreshed Conti this season? Oh, no, no. He's going to throw someone straight away. The first <laughs> loss, I'm telling you. This guy can't wait to talk about the financial situation and saying that he didn't, no one, they didn't buy him anyone this summer. You know, he wanted Kante, he wanted this guy, he wanted that guy. And they said, no, he, he's going to bring it up. But let's uh, now, yeah, everything's happy. Everything's fine now. His, uh, his new Conte, you know, Instagram post, he, he's look, he looks like a, <laughs> Happy chappy on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like trying to yeah, rebrand he, himself. I, I, yeah, sorry, we lost you there, Raul, for a second, I think. Oh, no, sorry. That's yeah. fine. Uh, all right, all right. So you he think Conti's like, going like to throw like everybody under the bus himself. straight away, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I mean, right. yeah, I guess Conte is like that. But I guess I, I, I would just like to add to Manisha's question is that 
he did bring up earlier this season that he is trying to learn to enjoy the process after he was told to told to do so by the management but i guess that is sort of evident because i think with all the circus going ar- around in your words manish i think he would have lost his cool jan- like even more by the time january began you know i think he would have thrown way way more tantrums like and we had seen it last season but i think i mean to rahul's point i guess we just need to keep calm because you never know with conte what's coming like like i didn't see that tantrum coming after the atalanta win last season on the last day so you never know but uh, but yeah i guess that was the parma uh, review rahul uh, i think we'll briefly touch upon certain transfer rumors because there haven't been many like of course we don't have money anyways but to spend so but uh, yeah i mean off late i've been hearing that not really credible sources but you know wijnaldum has been linked with the club surprisingly because of course he's going to be a free agent and that's what beppe marotta does he's a free agent specialist so i mean what's your take on this would you take wijnaldum you know considering of course i'm pretty sure you watch liverpool you know considering wijnaldum's age how he fits under klopp and everything would you actually take him because i personally don't see someone like vecino staying at the club after this season like i know but then wijnaldum would that sort of a player actually accept so much of a bench role but again with that being said we've always yearned for a quality we we yearn for quality depth right we can't have galliardini coming off in key matches so what's your take on wijnaldum and the second one is just briefly that you know juan muso because we need to address the goalkeeping situation quickly i guess even though handanovic is doing well but off late he's being linked with roma and it seems like they could just snatch him away because they have paul lopez who's terrible like he just can't seem to save anything so what do you think like do you think if muso is not achievable should we go for someone like a crani or anyone else in your mind so just these two questions yeah yeah genie one hour to me like profile wise he's you know perfect a conte type of player like he's a workhorse in midfield you know that's that's what he's been doing for liverpool for so many years now you know they they just clean up the ball and give it to the to the full backs in liverpool mm-hmm. system and you know van aerdem so good at that and he can add goals and assists as well like for for holland he's given a little bit more more freedom yeah. he's a very physical very you know athletic player so he'd be perfect for a conte system in that left center mid role but then yeah it's, i don't really i'm not really seeing it happening because i'm sure if he's leaving liverpool on a free transfer his wages will be pretty yeah pretty hefty and we're already struggling you know with ericsson's wages and we got other big wages <laughs> on the books so i'm not i'm not really seeing where where this rumors i mean i could see yeah. it a few months ago when it seemed like everything was fine but now yeah. with our situation i don't see i don't really see this as a realistic um yeah. opportunity but as you said yeah vecino is definitely one someone has to yeah sensi or vecino one of those two yeah. definitely have to leave probably you might yeah now it might be even more sensey than vecino now because yeah i think uh, conte has said that you know he likes what vecino offers he's a little bit different from all of our midfielders he's like he's he's one of the few ones that can offer that box to box kind of late runs into the box and we don't really have that in the team apart from vidal galliardini's kind of got that but vecino's probably the best at doing that so he's got he's a, he's a little bit unique in the team um and sensi yeah we i don't think he's just you know physically he can't keep up with conte's training methods clearly there's something there maybe he's mental now more than physical it seems like you know he's got very low pain tolerance or something i don't know what, what yeah. <laughs> i don't want to speak on it because i don't know what's going on but it's 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 sad because everyone i'm sure you guys as well everyone's a big fan of sensi you know such a nice technical player but 
such a shame. So definitely one of Vecino and since he's going to leave in my mind. So ideally, yeah, Bernardo's perfect, but financially speaking, I don't, I don't, I'm not really sure. Um, and the second question was Musso. Honestly, like I've tried because with keepers is, is one position that I haven't really like given my opinion because I feel like with keepers, you have to watch them on like a, uh, you know, regular basis. And with Musso, I don't really tune into many Udinese matches. And usually I'm focusing on Depaul if I'm watching a Udinese match. Yeah, yeah, but with a few times I've seen him, he doesn't, he looks, he looks their part. Like, do you know what I mean? Like he looks physically yeah. height wise. He's got like a nice yeah. thick neck. Like he looks strong, <laughs> he looks commanding. But then when I watch him, he, I'm not really that impressed with him. So my, my, my preference has always been as a short term option has always been Cranio because I feel like oh. Those links that we have with the La Cagliari, like we've given them two players now for free. Um, yeah. So surely we've got some cookie brownie points with them now. Definitely. Um, yeah. And I, I've always thought he's the best Italian keeper after Donnarumma, but he's, you know, he's been unlucky to be on a bad mm. Cagliari team over the years. Like he's faced, yeah. like I think even uh, last year, I think he had the most saves. I think this year, him and someone, I think him and Silvestri have like the yeah. most saves yeah. in the league. Yeah. Silvestri. So I, I like him as a low cost you know, short-term option. Um, but as a lot of people have pointed out, he's quite short for a keeper. <laughs> uh, he's yeah. like one, 185 centimetres, which oh. is not very tall for yeah. a goalkeeper. So it, it's a problem when you're trying to you know, dominate the box. Um, but I still prefer him to, to Musso, to be honest, personally. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, so Manish had a question about Di Marco. So, yes. yeah. so yeah. the question is, you know how Conte relies on the wing-backs and we play heavily with the strong wing-backs. Now Ashley Young, ever since the Juventus match, uh, he seems out of favour. Uh, mm -hmm. What I need to know is, uh, now we have Di Marco who was on sent on loan to Verona and apparently he's playing very good football there. He's taking all the set pieces and he's contributing also well with goals and assists. So, uh, and I believe Inter has a gentleman agreement with uh, with Verona that we will not sign him back. Uh, we You can sign him for 10 million and stuff. Do you think that's going to be a big miss considering you're not able to sign any quality wing-backs? Uh, what's your take on uh, the Di Marco situation? Yeah, I would I, yeah, I would love to have him back because, yeah, I feel like he, he's developed a lot. I think he needed, he definitely, you know, some people are saying we shouldn't have sent him out alone, but I feel like he needed mm. this yeah. experience. He, you know, Juric is a good coach and, you know, a similar system, so he's good. Is good experience from him to get regular playing time. Um, but I've, I've seen him like last few matches, he's been out of the team as well. So, you know, he's not the finished product still. You know, I think defensively, he's still got a lot of improvements to make because uh, I've seen Juric has taken him out of the team recently. But going forward, yeah, like he's got a great left foot. We've seen, you know, some of the goals he scored, you know. Um, I don't think we've got anyone in the, in, the, in our team with a with a left foot like that, apart from Kolarov, but... You know, he's, uh, let's not speak about Colorado. But yeah, if, if we have, I've seen conflicting reports on the uh, gentleman's agreement. It seems to be some some sources say we don't have a, a, a written agreement. Some say it's more like a verbal agreement with them. So yeah, I mean, if it's possible, you know, 10 million is a pretty low cost, you know, for a, for a yeah. you know, Primavera player. So he would be useful for the Champions League list as well. I would, I would definitely bring him back. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree with you on that, Raul, because I personally felt that, like, you know, he needed that loan. Like, as you said, many people said, you know, we should have used him. But he wasn't ready. Like, he, you know, how Urich plays, you know, he, he can bring the best out of 
uh, you know, certain players, and he's doing a tremendous job at Hellas Verona. And like you know, Di Marco has come a long way. But to your point, I do see certain errors with him defensively. And I was, I remember watching Hellas Verona Napoli earlier yeah, this yeah. season. He was the one who actually uh, made the error, but then he made up for it. Like he needs to work, improve defensively. But with that being said, just to cap off the Mercato bit. Now that the fact that Perisic is doing so well, I know you you back Perisic and <laughs> it's worked out and yeah, I mean I, I yeah it it's worked out very well and I'm glad I'm happy for Perisic yeah. Uh, but now the fact that Perisic is doing well, Ashley Young is pretty much gonna leave at the end of the season. So will Kolarov. I don't think we'll extend them. Like it's pretty much certain. But we like don't know what exactly is gonna happen with like a Vidal. Maybe he stays for another season. We don't know. But considering all that, considering the fact that Perisic stays, um, and you know, certain Ericsson has stepped his game up, he's adapting. So we might not even buy some, like you know, try hard for someone like a Depaul. So what do you think? What is the area that needs to be addressed the most now? Like because, like you know, Perisic and Ericsson have just stepped stepped up out of nowhere, and we didn't see this coming. Like, <laughs> like I remember, like you know, all Inter used to pity for pity Ericsson and you be like you know please leave the club for your own good in January but this guy is happy now you know he's just you know having a, a good time so yeah what do you think what do you think are the areas that actually need to be reinforced now and yeah I mean I think the one the one I always feel like has always been the the vice Lukaku or you know yeah. like a vice uh, Lautaro someone you know there to like even Conte said yesterday before you know, Sanchez, uh, he's still quite an injury-prone player, Sanchez. You can't rely on him to be fit all the time. So, you definitely need, we definitely need someone that's an option, you know, with, you know, with Lukaku as well. You know, you can't force him to play every single game because we've seen he's he's a guy who needs, like, you know, a bit of a rest. He's quite a, you know, he's such a big guy physically. He needs some time to, you know, recuperate and you can't play him every single minute. So, we need someone of a similar profile, I believe, you know, like we were linked with those the Giroud, you know, those the kind of a big target man type player who can do a similar job to Lukaku, like bring people into play, the hold-up play, link up with Lautaro. So with there, that definitely should be a, a priority for me. Um, and then, yeah, the, the left wing back situation, you said Perisic has stepped up, but I don't feel like he's, you know, the long-term answer to, you know, our left wing back option. You know, I feel like there's still... If there is, you know, if the other possibility is there to spend some money, I feel like there should be, you know, targeted players. You know, obviously, we, everyone knows Gosens is like, you know, the dream signing of uh, Inter yeah. fans if, if, you know, you had the money. But there's other, you know, left wing bags out there, you know, like Philip Kostic. Or, Kostic, I, I saw your tweet and he's definitely an interesting one. I, I, I've been following him and I, and I feel just to, sorry to interrupt you just before no, you get back no. on track. Um Gozins is someone like now everybody wants, you know, there's been links with Manchester City right now, with Juventus and those are the clubs that can spend, like we can't at the moment. And of course, Kostic is not going to come cheap, but I think to your point, when I saw your tweet earlier today, it would make sense to go for someone like Kostic when everybody is, you know, attracted to Gozins so that, you know, you have your time to get the deal done and whatnot. But sorry, you are continuing. Yeah, yeah, no, like, yeah, Kostic is, seems like he's going to be under the radar now. Like, a couple of years back, or last season, he was, like, he was also wanted by everyone because he had, like, crazy stats the last season. He had, like, 12 goals and 18 assists or something like that. Uh, this season, he's, you know, under under the radar. He's done uh, two goals, 11 assists. So, he's been very, you know, and he's similar to Perisic, kind of. He used to be a winger, out and a winger, who's like a wing-back now. So, I feel like he would be perfect profile for, for Conte. He's, like, a hard-working 
uh, wing back uh, with good technical ability. Um, so and then obviously, I guess that was about the Mercato, and let's see how it develops going on. Like, to, will we yeah. uh, actually have the money to spend? Who will be our owners? I mean, you know, <laughs> will 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 the minority takeover actually happen by the Saudi group and whatnot? But yeah. now we have an important game coming up, up, of course, on Monday, which is the big one against Atalanta, and we all know how dangerous they are as a team. Like, you can never count them out. Like, they didn't start their season that well. And uh, but of course they have this tendency to bounce back out of nowhere. And of course they lost Papu Gomez. We will touch up on it. But just to begin with, Rahul, of course, I mean Atalanta right now sit fourth in the table, and they, they're just two goals shy of us. Yeah, I mean uh, I remember watching your review as well. And uh, they are, I mean, you know that. I mean, of course we've all watched them over the season, and we know how good they are while going forward and the options they have. Muriel is so good. But just coming to it quickly. Um, I wanted to ask, like, I wanted to look at certain players individually in terms of how they can, you know, uh, measure up against our defense or attack. So, the first one that comes to my mind is Luis Muriel because this guy is always known to be an impact sub. Like, you know, he comes off the bench, he scores long ranges, he offers pace, he, he just does everything. And I was just reading an interesting stat about him that he's only played 880 minutes this league. He's only started 10 matches, but he already has, like, what... Um, I think 15 goals. Yeah, 15 goals and like some five assists or something. Uh, four or five assists. And that's that's a crazy amount because he just started 10 games. And ha- I mean, we've all known him to be an explosive sub. But this is this is just crazy. And the fact that, you know, it's not easy to adapt as a starter all of a sudden when one of your important players like Papu Gomez leaves and to fill a void with, you know, alongside Duan Zapata. He's actually out than Duan Zapata this season. So how do you think... Our defense needs to tackle this, you know, Skriniar, Bastoni, Devray. Because this guy just bursts out of nowhere. He just creates something out of nothing, you know. His yeah. pace, his passing, you know, he's just one of those rugged strikers who will just take it to you. He's not afraid. So, how do you think our backline needs to tackle this? Yeah, no, I love I love watching Muriel play. He's, uh, he's uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, think is like, you know, blasphemy. But he really is close. When you watch him, he seems like R9, like R9 you know, the way he plays is yeah. very... Very similar, um, but yeah, the best way is the way you know the, how Inter played um, in our first match against Atalanta this in the uh, start of the season uh, or the first half of the season. You know, we you just need to, need to make sure you don't leave him one v one against our defenders. You know, don't expose the defense because uh, this guy, you know, yeah, as you said, he he will take people on. Like he's he'll try to nutmeg you. He'll try to embarrass people. You know, this guy doesn't have no morals. Um, so yeah, you just need to make sure not to leave them one v one exposed, and keep you know someone near near the defense. You know Brozovic to stay disciplined, or you know Hakimi to stay a little bit more disciplined. Um, yeah, just uh, more as a team team effort. If you if you let these guys, you know even Ilicic, he's not the quickest player, but if you leave him one v one, he will he will embarrass you as well. Zapata, similar to Lukaku as well. You know he he can do similar things to Lukaku. If he's got space in behind, he will run past defenders for 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 a laugh. Yeah, so I mean, I, I mean that that's pretty much accurate. This, I mean, I would love to have him like on our team, but I guess that's just not possible. But yeah, I mean, uh, coming to another player, Manish has someone. Uh, uh, of yes, course, like I think we already uh, spoke yeah. about uh, the matchup between Gusens. Gusens yeah. is definitely form of his life. He scored nine goals uh, this season. I think that's his last year's tally. He scored it now, with still thirteen matches yet to go. Also, I think he's the player who scored in three consecutive matches. So Gusens is actually yeah. in. 
transformed his life. So now it's going to be interesting just, matchup. Just, be- just before, just before you ask your question further, he has the same number of goals as Ruan Zapata this season. So that's, <laughs> that, that that says a lot. So yeah, sorry, Manish. So yeah, we know Gasparini. He likes to use his wing backs very well. Pretty much, uh, he used right side as well as left side. Gusens right now nine goals. That says a lot. So Gusens was a Hakimi. The matchup is going to be another one. Uh, so Rahul, what's your take on that? Who's going to win the battle, Gusens versus Hakimi? <laughs> yeah, no, that's it's, we've had an interesting matchup this year on, uh, on the wing back, you know, with the tail. Yeah. Um, yeah, this Gusens because I think last last time we played them, he was injured. I think they played like a, a, a mm. Primavera player. So um, yeah, it will be interesting to see. But with Gusens, yeah, you can you can definitely with this Atalanta team defensively, they're quite susceptible. So yeah, I think yeah. we can definitely go at them. And Gosens does most of his uh, damage. I don't, I don't, he's not very good from what I've seen. He doesn't seem to be that good 1v1 or like, you know, yeah. if he's like, you know, trying to cross in. He's really good at, you know, getting into the box. So it would be more of our centre-backs having to, you know, make sure he's, uh, he's kept quiet. But I think, I think Hakimi can take that, that battle 1v1. I think he can flame him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, with, with Atalanta, it's, yeah, I mean, it, it is. I mean, I personally see it sort of difficult for Hakimi because I just feel that if it was a battle of winning like literal tackles, I think Gozins would win it because Hakimi still needs to improve defensively. Yeah. But I can understand your point, of course, like it, if it had to come to speed, 1v1 dribbles, I think Hakimi would definitely get the better of him. But mm-hmm. I, I think this Atalanta team also has a lot of players. Otherwise, like, you know, we, we of course know Ilicic, what happened uh, with him in, in the Real Madrid match, Gasparini got mad at him and <laughs> he's had to sub him off again. But I think since that, he scored a brilliant goal against Crotone over the weekend. Like, he seems to be back in it, unlike the Papu Gomez situation. But but just to come to that Papu Gomez situation, Rahul, I wanted to ask, is, like, we of course were linked with him in January. And of course, now he's at Sevilla and he had his issues with Gasparini. And I think that was a very petty issue. Both are known to be hot-headed personalities. And of course, they couldn't make up. But but what do you think? Like would you like at that moment? Of course, every like most of the interior were actually excited because Ericsson wasn't of course in the best place, and you know Papu could have was a real option. So at that point, looking at things back then, were you some like were you someone who really wanted Papu Gomez? You have to consider the age, you know, and his form and what he can offer to the team. But did you really want him back then? No, no, I uh, I said, like, I looked at, you know, the heat map, the positions he picks up, and it was like, if you put Sanchez's heat map and uh, Papu's heat map on top of each other, it was like exact same positions. So, and yeah, as you said, the age, um, and then, yeah, he would have taken time to adapt. And Conte's system wouldn't give him that freedom that he has at Atalanta. Atalanta, he did whatever he wanted. He would go, sometimes you're picking up the ball at the centre-back, you know, uh, so yeah, I don't. I don't think he would have been a great fit for our team. Yeah, uh, I mean that that was Rahul's take, Manish, and I, I personally was someone who wasn't keen on Papu Gomez as well. I, to, to what Rahul said, I completely, I completely agree because I really didn't want him, and I always was on like the Ericsson bandwagon. I really wanted him to work out, so that was one reason I never wanted Papu Gomez. But what's your take on it? Because I know it's something in the past. Of course, he's at Sevilla. He's doing fine, but. Did he, were you someone at that moment who really wanted Papu Gomez, considering the fact that you know Conte dropped a sort, hint, sort of playing three-four-two-one against that in against Hellas Verona, and you know media started talking about the fact that you know it could be because Papu Gomez is on his way here. So, what's your quick take on that? Uh, I wouldn't. I wasn't keen on Papu Gomez, like uh, Rahul mentioned. Uh, 
Apu Gomez, I think, is now is just past his prime, and we have enough players. We have Sanchez, we have Arturo Vidal, all in their wrong side of 30s, and getting one more player. Also, Ashley Young, not to mention, <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be an ideal scenario for Inter. We need young, dynamic players. Although I would have taken Edin Zeko as a wise uh, Lukaku. That is something which we badly need. But Apu Gomez is much more similar to uh, players like uh, Sanchez and Lautaro's type of player. We don't have some person who can replace or sub Lukaku. That should be our main focus. So I'm glad we didn't get Papu Gomez because uh, we would get him. I think uh, we would pay astronomical wages to sign him. That'll be one. Yeah. And I don't think Conte knows the best to use him because we, too many similar players will have in that same space. So I'm good that the deal didn't work out and I'm happy he'll succeed in place called Sevilla. So that, that's good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, again, I, I can understand. I guess our take on Papu Gomez situation is pretty much the same. And, but that was that. Of course, now we have the game coming up. And I I mean, we have for weeks we've been saying this and uh, watching Rahul's previews also, like Brozovic, Brozovic especially. This guy's been on his fourth yellow card for like quite some time, Rahul. Correct me if I'm wrong. Like, he's been way too many game weeks. How has he not managed to pick up a yellow card? Like, you know, at times this guy has this body language where we all know he flails his arms in the air, he gets frustrated, he just flies into tackles and Barela, Barela just goes, you know, he just, he, he, he himself is similar, like he just goes flying in. So, like, do you think, like, because now we have Atalanta coming up and uh, I remember Conte saying recently that, you know, you can't think about the next game and you said this in your preview as well, I think, uh, you can't think about that next game, you know, oh, you know, we, he might get booked and you can't, take the next actual game lightly. You need to feel your best level. So, do you actually agree with that? And with that being said, uh, I want your um, predicted level for the Atalanta match and then after that, Manish, you can give your predicted level. Yeah, as I said, yeah, in my previews, I've been saying it since these guys have been on the yellow cards. Uh, you, you just have to, you know, the three, at the end of the day, it's three points, it's three points. Like You can't think about the next... Uh, three points and, you know, look past this three points that you can achieve. So, and clearly, you know, these guys can be disciplined. So I, I didn't think they had it in them. As you said, Brozovic one <laughs> is the most surprising one, you know. Yeah. Barella is all, Barella is just, uh, just as bad as him, as you said. Lukaku yeah. is all, I, I, Lukaku is the one I would be careful with because uh, yeah. I would like, you know, if, if we miss Lukaku, that's a really big miss. And Bastoni, as I said, you know, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to get Bastoni suspended. With the midfield, I'm confident now that they can rotate, you know, so Ericsson can go into Brozovic's position and, you know, mm. you can interchange. Mm. Um, and then predicted lineup-wise, uh, prediction-wise, I think he's not going to change anything once again. I think now Conte's found his uh, 11. He's not, he's, yeah. he's not changing anything. I think, um, sorry, Sanchez is going to go back out. Lautaro's going to come back yeah. in. And that's going to be the only change I, I, I hope as well. I hope that he doesn't put Vidal or Gagliardini yeah. for Ericsson. Because I can yeah, see yeah. him doing something like that just because, you know, he wants to have a more of a physical midfield against Atalanta. But I want us to try control the match a little bit more against Atalanta. So I hope Ericsson continues in there. Um, yeah, so that's the... And I, I agree yeah, with that. Yeah. I hope that he keeps that lined up. Yeah. Just before you get into your predicted level, Manish, just wanted to add to Raul's point. I completely agree because yesterday in his press conference, he kept on saying, you know, that Vidal is getting into speed, he's getting into fitness. And good, that, that's great for the team. But... We all know now what Ericsson offers. You know, he offer he has that passing vision and everything. And he just adds, offers that much more than Vidal. And for the defensive work, we always have Barilla and Brozovic. And this was a midfield combination at one point that never worked in the beginning of the season in the 3-4-1-2. But now it is working. And I wouldn't really change it even if it's um, Vidal, you know, his favourite boy or whatever it is. Because 
we saw it yesterday vidal was really off it and i just didn't think i just to your point i just don't think he's ready for the atalanta game even if it's a physical battle because they have deron they have froiler who, are, who really get stuck into things you know they they're really persistent players so i wouldn't really take it to vidal and vidal did take like a knock yesterday and you could see the way he was struggling just to knock it off you know i know it's hard but just to shake it off he was you know finding it difficult so to your point i personally wouldn't start vidal but yeah manish coming to you what do you think conte will do like is, is his 11 going to be the same to rahul's point will lautar like will lautar come in and how would you like to see the 11 yeah so if you ask me i think pretty much the same 11 should stand but uh, like if you heard alexis uh, his post match comments he said he's a caged lion he wants to go he's in best shape of his life so if now if you don't give chance to alexis i don't know when right now he seems to be in right fitness right frame of mind and he's daring to go so his motivation level is this high so i think uh, conti should uh, give alexis the start nod uh, ahead of uh, lautaro and definitely he's going to bring lautaro in the 60th or 65th minute so because uh, alexis is raring ready to go so why not why not uh, give him the chance so yeah so my opinion uh, pretty much backline back three remains the same eriksen definitely to start hakimi and perisic on the wings so i'm going to give a chance to uh, alexis and lukaku that would be my formation which i think conti should go ahead and yeah that's I mean, that's the thing that, that that that's an interesting take i mean i personally find myself a bit like find myself disagreeing because to to rahul's point i feel lotharo and lukaku have that much of a better understanding on a whole and i think to you know break teams down like atalanta you need that and i know alexis said that he feels like a caged lion but after i saw that first half, half performance it didn't really inspire me so i think i would still stick to lotharo but quickly just to cap off uh, the last few things rahul i want you to give me a combined since these two teams pretty much play a similar formation of sorts not really i want you to give me a combined atalanta and inter 11 based on the current sports if you mm. had to pick one yeah Well, the the keeper one's already interesting now because if yeah. you asked me a few if you asked me a few weeks ago, I would have said uh, Golini straight away. Golini, yeah. but now Handanovic is <laughs> made of a late comeback into you know uh, I might have to go I might have to go Handanovic over Gol. Actually, let's go with Golini because I'm going to pick a full inter back line. So the <laughs> back three, there's no there's no argument. Yeah. So let's go Golini Golini and go uh, full back three of inter. Yeah, um, midfield. My God, this is difficult. Okay, let's start. Gosens definitely left wing back. Yeah. <laughs> Hakimi right wing back. Now yeah. midfield. Uh, we'll play three five two, obviously, like because you know both teams yeah. kind of play that formation. So we'll go. Brozovic, Barella, those two have to be in there. I'm not sure. I'm not really. I don't know if I'm ready for. I might put Pessina over Eriksen right now, mm. just because he's he's been in good form for for Atalanta. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just because I don't want to make it like a full Inter eleven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can I understand? Yeah. And then I put um, yeah, Lautaro and Lukaku up front. Uh, Muriel Muriel is a close close shot between yeah. him and Lautaro, but Muriel off the bench. I mean that that the Pesina point just to cap off is very interesting because I've seen many people say that he adds more balance than what Papu Gomez did. So I mean that's an interesting one, and I think we will see an Atalanta that will be a bit better balanced from what we have faced, anyways. And not that they go bonkers against us, not that they don't do a defensive job against us, but they. I mean I think they are going to be a bit more sound in terms of 
you know covering spaces with pasin on the pitch but on that note i think we will cap off and i want you guys to predict the score line starting with manish what do you think the score is going to be you know to put it out there atalanta on a, are on a five game unbeaten run um in the serie a they just smashed i mean it's crotone everybody just walks over them but they did smash crotone 5-1 they beat sampdoria before that and sampdoria is someone who beat us and yes they did suffer a, a champions league setback but apart from that you know they've beaten napoli manish in the coppa italia in the league time and again i don't know how many times they've played napoli this season but yeah i mean considering their form considering uh, considering their team um, the way they play what's your prediction for the match so before i go into the prediction i would just think i'll just say the style of play what i predict is pretty much inter to sit back absorb the pressure typical conti style and conti loves this yeah. type of matches so what i believe because i think inter tend to struggle when teams sit deep and defend with uh, two blocks of four man defense so i think this type of match will play to conti's advantage conti's going to sit back absorb the pressure and then release uh, hakimi and lukaku whenever we get the chance so this match is going to be tricky because we might see at- atlanta attack from all sides from the left flank from the right flank and from lucas muriel himself So uh, my prediction is going to be uh, I'm going to predict uh, surprisingly a bold 2-0 victory uh, for this match. With yeah, uh, I mean, surprising yeah, but yeah. I, I mean it is it, <laughs> it is it is possible I mean last season I didn't I didn't expect myself that we would go to the Givai stadium and beat Atalanta 2-0 on the last day but coming to you Rahul the first leg this season was a 1-1 draw and of course that was the rough patch for us if you will and uh, i remember alexey miranchuk scored like that goal through the middle like really unlucky and i think lotaro martinez scored a header with the nashley young assist but a lot has changed since then a lot like i think we were we had just gotten back to the 352 then and we were just getting into shape with it but we are of course as you know solid right now and of course atalanta are a free scoring team but as you mentioned a moments ago they do concede a lot way too much like they they have a tendency to concede and considering the fact that they have hatibor absent and pretty much the rest of the team is going to be there for but yeah what's your prediction how do you think firstly how do you think they're going to approach the match how how will inter approach the match in your opinion and yeah what's your prediction what's your scoreline prediction yeah i don't know i'm seeing i'm seeing inter having a little bit of a, like a physical dip i don't know if maybe the palma match uh, i should take too much from that but it seemed like you know the team was kind of physically struggling a little bit I hope I'm wrong so I'm I'm more I'm more leaning towards a draw because I feel like you know we've been on a good run recently so I feel like this one and a draw is not you know the end of the world as a result right now we've got like a nice little buffer um and yeah Atalanta are in good form I think they're the most informed team in the Serie A apart from us so I'm seeing more of like a 2-2 draw um oh. similar matches to what Manish said you know Inter maybe having like 45 46% possession atalanta having more of the ball and inter hitting on the counter but yeah i'm seeing a 2-2 draw yeah i mean yeah I, I, to your point raul like even i can't put a finger on this like i don't want to go for a prediction like it's just finding it very difficult because i remember in our previous episodes manish gotham keeps on saying every time we have that seventh win that's like the maximum streak we go to every coach goes to like a seventh win and the eighth match is where we end up either drawing or losing whatever it is but whatever it is i guess i mean it, it's it's a hard game like i as to rahul's point it's not going to be the end of the world if we drop points here 
because you have to consider that it, that it's atalanta had we dropped points to parma i would be more worried because i i uh, i think rahul neema pointed this on twitter that they can go up, inter can go a bit more relaxed into the atalanta match not the fact that they have they will take it lightly but but you know that stress won't be there of having dropped points against parma like you know the that you need to you know the extra pressure so i think yeah. they can be a bit more confident um, going into the match but if i i don't know the scoreline but i guess we'll either edge it or to rahul's point we are going to draw this match so yeah i mean uh, yeah i mean this is going to be one of those games that can and rahul i just want to cap off with you because i remember many people saying that if we win this match the scudetto is pretty much ours like people are making early predictions like like you know they 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 feel that they they actually believe that they have a let's say 95% plus chance of winning the scudetto do you agree with that like do you think like if we actually beat atalanta this is ours to take we can't lose from here yeah i think um, i think i've said something along those lines as well i feel like yeah if we beat atalanta oh, okay. and we yeah. keep the this 7 6.7 seven point gap yeah i don't see conte letting this team drop points to the end of the season so yeah i'm not going to say that we've won the scudetto but i feel like that's this that's when i'm like convinced now that this team's got what it takes if we be atalanta uh manish do you share that thought or do you have anything to ask rahul along the for the scudetto race or anything just because it's close to the end there are as conte says there are 13 finals left do you have anything for rahul or just to add Uh, no, just the point that uh, Atlanta match. Actually, all this while I was quite skeptical, but uh, seeing the way Inter tends to play really well when attacking teams come to Inter, apart from the Champions League, what happened? But in that teams like Lazio, Milan, uh, they come and push Inter forward. So I think that uh, hopefully it's a bold prediction. End of the day, I'm hoping for three points positive, like everyone else. Uh, okay, I wanted to ask Rahul a tricky question. Like few weeks back, we've been discussing in our podcast. about Lukaku being in form of his life and he's singly taking inter towards the scudetto his form i think form of his life is the amount of goals amount of uh, passes and assists and also with the euros coming up uh, do you think uh, Lukaku can do a good job for belgium and if that happens do you think like is there a slight chance Lukaku can be favored for the ballon d'or or that's just far too far away or just a completely hoax what what's your take on that Oh, I think yeah, for the the Ballon d'Or is you know you have to be the you have to the Champions League you know you have to get past the the group stage of the Champions League, but you know yeah it's, it's a good point though if he does well in the Euros and if we Inter win the Scudetto and he's the main man carrying it I think he could be you know in the in the top ten you know when they make that list I think he can definitely go up there and uh, yeah I don't know what your opinion is in terms of where he ranks in Europe but I think right at the moment he's definitely top three I know people were clowning him when he said it back in. Uh, December yeah. but I feel like he's back there up this season you know he's definitely a top 3 striker in world football for me right now yeah i mean i guess people have a tendency to mock all of that when he said but the fact that he was just believing in in himself because i remember he said at the same time that if players like lewandowski can believe in themselves and make certain claims then why can't he what's wrong with that right yeah, yeah. i mean to your exactly to to add to your point that is so i guess rahul do you want to plug anything you know your social media channel just if you want to say something Where we can yeah, find no, just, you. yeah, just you can find me on YouTube, Uncle Sharma, and just do inter yeah. inter match reviews and uh, previews. That's it. Thanks, uh, thank you guys for having me on again. It was a pleasure. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, to Rahul's point, you can always find him on his YouTube channel. He he makes some uh, great content related to Inter. 
do check his uh, YouTube channel out at Uncle Sharma and on Twitter. I, I believe it's R Sharms, right? Your handle and uh, yeah, with two Zs. <laughs> yeah, with two Zs, and uh, of course uh, that's where he puts up certain co- compilations as well. So that's where you can find him, and we leave uh, the links to your channel in the description. Uh, be sure to subscribe to his channel, and yeah, we'll catch you for the Atlanta review. And I believe we have Torino after that, or is it Cagliari? I think Torino. Torino. Oh, yeah, Torino after that. So Torino, yeah. So we'll catch you for the preview. Yeah, stay tuned.